You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we're going to talk about footwork for the left side slash right side position as well as libero. And we're going to dive into more things like defense and passing and things like that. So it's an episode you definitely don't want to miss where we're going to dive into the footwork of all of these positions. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is... The Volleyball by Design Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 107 of the Volleyball by Design Podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Hope you're doing well. Summer, we're almost at the end of June. I think it's officially summer, no? I think this week is officially summer, or last week was. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember. But anyways, nice weather, at least out here in, in Canada, unless you're somewhere where it's warm all year round, then I envy you. But yeah, nice weather. Uh, my name is Coach Brian Singh. I'm the host of the podcast. So if you are a new listener, welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you get some value out of today's episode. You got about 106 episodes to get caught up on. And, you know, every episode we try to bring some value, some tangible things you can take back to your gym and apply right away. And if you're a coach out there and you just found me, um, I'm hoping that I'm able to win you over today and, and hopefully have you listen to some more episodes to really grow and, and get you, you know, just one step further uh, in your coaching journey. And if you are a regular listener, as always, you know how much I appreciate you guys tuning in for another episode here that I'm trying to see what we can do. I'm in right now, I'm actually, uh, some updates, I'm in the planning process of DVA Live. If you're listening to this before August 6th and 7th of 2022, DVA Live is getting ready to be set. It's exciting. You guys are going to head on over to volleyballworkshop.com where um, you're going to be able to sign up and get registered for DVA Live. DVA Live is a two-day virtual clinic. Uh, you're going to hear more about it as, as the weeks come on and at the beginning of uh, episodes, but it's going to be a two-day live virtual clinic. Super excited about it. Uh, and... It is going to be one of those clinics where it's not just, you know, listening to a bunch of different coaches talk about a bunch of different skills. It's going to be hands-on. You're going to, we're going to plan out your volleyball program. The, the theme of the clinic is to create and build a championship volleyball program. And what are the ingredients to that? How does that look? What are some things that you should be having in your programming? We're going to, we're going to dive into all of that. Not to mention, we're going to have guest speakers on. My mentor, John Spraw should be there. We're going to have a a mental skills coach to talk to some coaches as well. We're going to have have some great professional players that are going to drop some value on. It's going to be a fantastic 2-day event. So, I'm going to tickets will be launched this week, I think. Yeah, I'm going to be we're going to be launching tickets this week. So, I'm super excited about that. And um and if you can't make it or if you can make some of it, uh the recordings will be available for you. So, as long as you register, you will have access to all the recordings. Okay, so something that I I, I know it's a two day. It's uh, it's going to be full days, uh, and I get that you might not be able to be there for the entire thing. But that's why it's a virtual workshop. So it's great. You tune in wherever you are around the world, and you'll get access to the recordings afterwards as well, which is kind of nice. All right, let's um let's talk about today's episode, footwork. So last week we talked about footwork for pin blockers, middle blockers, as well as setters. And today we're going to talk about, you know, pretty much the rest of the positions uh, in terms of left side, right side, libero, just more so skills. 
And the first thing I want to talk about really applies to all three, and that's defense. Let's start talking about defense. So with defense, um, you know, there's a lot of, we're going to talk about footwork specifically here, because we can get into defense. We can, get, we can talk about a ton of things with regards to defense, but I want, I want us to just work on footwork. Now, when it comes to defense, in theory, if you've done your job in terms of reading and positioning yourself in the right way, then you're not really moving your feet as much afterwards because your feet are already set. You know what I mean? Like defense is predominantly about reading first. And then after reading, then your footwork is already there and it's already set. So I want to focus a little bit on a more specific item when it comes to footwork. There is always this discussion I hear from coaches. How wide do you want your feet apart? And that's a great question. So if you're driving, don't close your eyes, okay? But if you are, if you're not driving, then I want you to close your eyes and, or I'd rather actually do this with me. You can do this with me right now, actually. So if you're not driving, feel free to do this. So I want you to stand up and I want you to spread uh, your legs shoulder width apart. So have your legs shoulder width apart. Now, when your legs are shoulder width apart, I want you to reach out to the right of you and see how far you can reach, okay? Now I want you to reach out to the left of you and see how far you can reach. You could even... Um, while keeping your feet on the ground, don't move your feet. You could even reach out to the floor. See how far you can get, you know, controlled and reach out to the floor. So see, that's that's your digging range or your defensive range. However far you can reach out to each end of your body, that's that's your, your range of your ability to dig a ball potentially, okay? Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to, so do that. Now, see and gauge your range, okay? Measure, like mentally take a, take a measurement of how far you can reach out. Or you can even reach out to the side of you and touch the floor. So that'll be your measurement. Reach out to the side of you and touch the floor. Reach out to the left of you and touch the floor. Right to you, touch the floor. Okay? You can even go forward and backwards as well. That's your range. Now what I want you to do is I want you to uh, bring your legs wider. So put your legs wider. So not shoulder width apart. Wider. You can even go as wide as you can. All right. Now our legs are wide apart. Now what I want you to do so I want you to do the same thing. Reach out to the right of you and touch the floor while keeping your feet on the ground. Reach out to the right of you, touch the floor. Reach out to the left of you, touch the floor. You could even go front and you can go back. Now, a question I have for you is, when your feet were shoulder width apart versus your feet being wider apart, where which, which footwork had the more range? And when I say range, I'm referring to your ability to play, to cover more ground rather. And the answer should be when your legs were wider. When your legs were wider, you were able to reach much, much further to get the ball. And that's your range. That's our digging range, our defensive range. And that's an important lesson to show your players. So I actually do this with my players too. I'll have them start shoulder width apart, and then I'll have them go further uh, wider. And then they can see that their digging range increases significantly once you start doing that. And then they'll see, wow, I can probably dig more balls if my base is wider. And that's absolutely true. Now, there is a time and a place for shoulder width apart. And that is when you're passing. When you're passing, you you don't want to be wide. Because when you're wide, yes, you can cover more range, but it's a lot more difficult to create angles, okay? Now, when we're passing, we want to create angles because we want to make sure our platform is behind the ball as well as creating angles to our target. Digging now, we are not as concerned about angles because when we're digging, our objective is to pop the ball up in the middle of the floor. 
predominantly by the attack line, in the middle of the floor by the attack line. That's where we want to dig the ball. It's the ideal spot to dig the ball. So our angles aren't as important as, you know, say, you know, platform and angle, or sorry, our angle and stuff like that. All right, so our angle isn't as important with digging as it is in passing. So that's the big difference here. Let's, so that, that's, and that's the most important footwork when it comes to playing defense. Other than that, the only other thing you want to talk about with footwork and playing defense is to get into the position. And you could do many things to get into the position. You can run into the position. Now, you wouldn't really run, but I'm, running means like two or three fast steps. You can shuffle into the position that you're in, but that's it. And that's going to be doing it to get to your spot. Once the hitter is about to hit the ball, you're not shuffling anymore at that point. You are in the right spot. Now, if you have to take off and leap to dive after a ball after contact is made, okay, then it's a read and react. And that's going to be the fastest way to get to the ball. And normally that's a run. Now, obviously, it's not it's not a long distance run. It's a quick, you know, two or three steps. It's normally not a shuffle. It's normally a run unless, you know, the ball is slowly attacked to you to the right or left side of your body where you can then shuffle to the position. No problem. Then you do that. But other than that, that's that's how we that's how we consider defense. OK, so let's move on. We talked about defense. Let's talk about passing a little bit. OK, so with passing, you know, we want to. We, we obviously want to be shoulder with the part like we mentioned before. And the thing with passing is, is this. If the ball is served at a speed where you have time to move your feet, then that's exactly what you do. And you move your feet to get behind the ball. Okay? Now, there is a lot of different footworks to do that. Shuffling is the most popular. Shuffling to get to the spot behind the ball. Now, the thing that the other thing too is yes, if we have time, and that's a big if by the way, if we have time to get our to shuffle and get our feet behind the ball, great. You also want to get behind the ball, not straight up in the center of your body, but you want to get behind the ball so you can track it and create an angle a lot better. And that is going to be to either the left side of your body or to the right side of your body. Now, this may be completely counterintuitive and maybe different from what you've heard in the past. You know, when I was coming up as a young coach, the very, um, I guess the common thing at that point was we want to take the ball at the center of our body, okay? Now, when it comes to digging, I agree with that because we want to make sure we split the ball dead center so we can pop it up. I agree with that. But when it comes to passing, here's where I I tread a little bit differently. I don't want to take the ball straight up. I don't want to take it to the center of my body because there's two things that happen to that. One, you can get jammed up and not be able to create an angle if the ball changes a direction and floats up and hits you in the chest. It's very, very hard to take it to create an angle that way. And two, it's also very hard to track the ball. The, now, think about it this way. If a ball is coming right in front of you, directly in front of you, straight on center mass, you could track it, but it's hard to create an angle and it's hard to see what, what that what that ball is doing versus if you took it on a slight angle, meaning you took the ball just to the left of the right of your body, you may be able to track it a lot easier and be able to create an angle a lot better as well. Here's what I say with this rule. I'd have done it both ways. I'm okay with athletes doing either one, but it's whatever works for your athlete. I always teach our athletes to take the ball to one side of their body, either the left or the right. 
Now, when I say take it, I don't mean like really, really far outside their body. I mean, it's still within their range. They're still behind the ball. They're just not directly center in front of the ball. You know what I mean? Or behind the ball. They're in, in a slight bent posture where your hips are slightly bent so you could take it at an angle. So I teach them how to do this. Generally, athletes find success doing it this way. Some athletes don't, and that's okay. Those are the athletes that are going to take it straight up because they figured out a way to create the angle, and they're used to that, and I'm okay with that as long as the result is what it is. As long as the result is there, I'm okay with that. So that is a little kind of a little rant there on how to really treat the shuffling and the footwork behind. Now, if the ball is served at a fast pace, at a fast velocity, where you don't have time to get your feet behind the ball, then that's all that you can think about is angle and platform. And normally in situations like this, it's just going to be one step or a drag step, meaning you push in the direction of the ball and that step is getting dragged slightly. That's what you're going to be doing. You're going to just step in the direction of the ball, get your platform out, and pass it to your target. So there is the kind of situational base here. If you have time, feet first, absolutely. But if you don't have time, especially at the higher level when serves are coming really quickly and you don't have time to take all these steps, then you're going to take one step, platform, angle. Okay. Another thing that I want us to make sure we're training our athletes to do is taking the ball at different heights. Now, in theory, you never want to take a ball high. You always want to take a ball mid you know, like mid to low. Taking a ball high is very tough because it, it's tougher to create angles when the ball is high. Oops, sorry, that's my, my watch. So what you want to do is we want to train our athletes to be comfortable passing low, passing mid. And that means dropping, you know, your knee to the ground, your legs to the ground and, and drop and basically passing with your knees bent. You know, one knee bent, pass, Okay, pass straight up, pass high as well. We do want to train the high passes as well. So this is all footwork. Have your athletes comfortable passing on the ground. You know, letting them kneel and pass on the ground. That's 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 a factor that could happen in a game. In a game, a ball could drop really quickly. They have to be comfortable dropping a leg and being up behind it and passing the ball that way. So making sure that we work on that footwork, passing low, mid, and high, having their leg on the ground, that's going to get them more comfortable and it's going to help create better angles. So your passing range now is much more greater than just, you know, try to drop your platform lower when you should be, you know, bending your knees or dropping your leg and then getting your platform around it, okay? So that's really all I want to talk about when it comes to defense and passing is, is it's very basic footwork, but it's understanding what to do with that footwork and when to do what with that footwork, okay? Let's talk a little bit about offense. Now, I do want to preface this by saying I do talk a little bit about this in episode five. Now, episode five was a long time ago. That was what, I want to say two years ago in 2020, probably summer of 2020 when I, when I launched episode five. And episode five talked about one technique with vertical jump training, and that's to do with speed. So I'm going to briefly talk about this again because it's an important part of footwork for uh, the left side, the right side, the middle, any position that's attacking. So one of the common things that I see athletes make a mistake of is just taking two steps. Now, if you're a middle coming off a block, you know, you don't have much options. I understand that you might have to just have two steps, but even three steps being, being so like when we talk about the footwork and I see a lot of coaches teach the left, right, left or the right, left, right. And I understand that it's, it's to get them to understand the footwork and how to use their feet to jump. And, and you know what? There's absolute value in that. But I also want us to be aware of when we, t when we teach footwork, there isn't a set amount of steps that works for everyone. Everyone is different. 
Generally, three steps, four steps is what we see, but everybody is different. What we want to focus on instead of the steps, we want to focus on the speed. The speed is really, really important. Now, I know many of you may have heard this, but when we talk about speed, speed can actually make you jump higher. And we want every step to be faster than the previous. So if we were taking three steps, for example, your first step is your fast step. Your second step is even faster, and your third step is the fastest. So every step has to be faster than the previous. So what we, when we take off, we're taking off at our maximum speed, okay? It's like an airplane. I love the airplane reference. So when an airplane takes off, an airplane goes in a straight line, and it speeds up, speeds up, speeds up, speeds up until it hits a speed where it's fast enough to take off, and then it takes off, okay? Just like we do in vertical jump when it comes to speed. I want to accelerate, 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 and then take off. Now, what you're going to find, and coaches, I want, you, I want you to do this with your athletes. What you're going to find is that when your athletes are jumping, 9 out of 10 of them are slowing down before they take off, especially if they're doing a, a four-step approach. You're going to see them come really, really fast. They're going to have this great initial first two or three steps. It's going to look really, really fast, and then watch their last two. It's going to be slowing down before they take off. And that is a problem. And the reason for that is biomechanically, your body is not used to taking off at such high speeds. And it's something that we have to train our body to get used to. Because your body taking off at high speeds is not comfortable. Your muscles aren't really used to that. Your brain is definitely not, gonna, not used to that. And your brain is telling your body to slow down before you jump. And we have to train that. So one thing that I really like to do to emphasize this point is I'll tell athletes to sprint. And what I'll do is I'll tell them to sprint from one, from, from like, not, no, not long, like maybe like 20 feet, like 30 feet, nothing too crazy. And at the end of the 20 or 30 feet, I tell them to jump with two feet, like take off with two feet. So I'm like, okay, so if, to use you as, to use a reference, let's say you're in, you're in a gym and you have a volleyball court. What I'll do is I'll tell them to start at the end line and sprint all the way to the attack line. And when they get to the, to the attack line, I want them to take off with two feet. Okay, so very simple. Now what's going to happen is they're going to sprint as fast as they can until they get to the attack line. And then when they get to the attack line, watch what happens. When they take off with two feet, they're all going to slow down. They're all going to slow down because their body is not used to taking off at such fast speeds. And it's going to be very, very uncomfortable to do that until we train it. So we have to train it, and we have to train it over and over and over again so their body gets used to taking off at high speeds. Now, realistically, in volleyball, we're not approaching from the end line and jumping off at the attack line. We're not doing it. This is an exaggeration. It's an exaggeration to, to, to prove the point and to show them. What we want to do is we want to figure out what their maximum controlled velocity is. It's called their MCV. Maximum Controlled Velocity, MCV. And here's what that means. It's the fastest speed that your athlete can take, okay? The fastest speed that your athlete can take that is controlled before they take off. So let me, let me put it in, into perspective. If I was to run from the attack line, or sorry, from the end line all the way to the, to the half court line, let's, just, let's pretend the net wasn't there. And I was to run from the end line all the way to the half court line and jump off at two feet, I'd probably won't be controlled. So I'll be hitting a maximum velocity, yes, 
but I won't be controlled. I won't be able to take off in a controlled state. So that's not my MCV. Your MCV is how many steps can you take to build up to your maximum speed that is controlled. You can control your jump. You can control your steps. You can control your speed and manipulate it to your advantage to jump higher. That is what we want to figure out. And that takes time to figure out, but that's something you coaches need to be aware of. Uh, so MCV, maximum control velocity, making sure we figure that out. So let's go back to some footwork here. So now that you understand how it's supposed to look like when it comes to speed, we want to make sure that our players understand this. So after they've done their sprints and they see what they can jump, now when you go back to doing your left side and right side approach, you're going to notice that they're not going to, they shouldn't be slowing down when they jump anymore because it's only three or four steps when you're doing your, your left side or right side approach. So with those three or four steps, they'll be now able to take off. You're going to start seeing them not slow down. They're going to be speeding up. And as a result, they should get at least two inches higher, at least. Okay. So there's a, there's a little vertical jump secret for you guys. Now, by the way, if any of you out here are interested in the, my vertical jump program, I actually have it online. I sell it for $97. It's in my entire vertical jump program. What I just talked about here was a a technique, a, a technique that's part of phase one of the program. And it's one of five techniques, believe it or not. There's a lot more things like posture, breathing, um, you know, using your arms. Like there's a lot of other things we talk about when it comes to vertical jump training, how to manipulate speed. I go into a little bit more in detail on this in addition to plyometrics and strength training. So if you feel like you want to get that, it's on, you can get it at coachbetraining.com. And if you're, um, if you're a digital volleyball academy member, then you get it for free. All my members get my vertical jump program for free where I dive way more into this. This is just icing on the cake. So go, you can, you can, you guys can access that right now by just going into your uh, DVA portal and accessing that. And if you're not a member of DVA, you should be, <laughs> well, I'd like you to be, um, if you're not a member of DVA, uh, go, go over to digitalvolleyballacademy.com and uh, you can fill out that information there and, and I'll get it. Uh, sent to my phone. Um, and if you don't know what DVA is, uh, it's my signature membership where I get to work with coaches all around the world by providing mentorship, welcoming them to my world so they can you know, get a chance to see what we do behind the scenes. And it's really an opportunity for me to teach and show you guys how to build championship programs and you get access to all my courses and a bunch of things. So our members end up coming out of their more, you know, more confident coaches, having a much more variety of skills to, you know, take to their team and a lot of different techniques that they can, you know, help their team with. So it's a great environment. We have over 250 coaches. You get access to a nice private community where you can lean on your other coaches and see what they're doing. And yeah, it's a great time. So digitalvolleyballacademy.com. That's where you can kind of get information on that. So let's um let's move on. So we talked about defense. We talked about passing. We talked about your approach. Uh, I mean, you know, in terms of manipulating speed. Oh, one thing I do want to add on to that speed thing is, uh, make sure that it's a linear approach. Okay, make sure they're not changing direction and coming in from you know changing different angles and things like that. Like imagine an airplane taking off. Imagine if an airplane was building up speed and then it changed direction all of a sudden to then take off. It, it wouldn't work. You because when you change direction by default, you change speed, and we don't want to do that. So make sure it's, you know, straight up, it's approaching, and we're good to go. So always, always, always have that in mind. Okay, so um, let's talk about one last thing, and that's coming off the net. Now, this might be a little bit difficult to do over an audio episode, but I'm going to try. So coming off the net, we can do one of two things. We can shuffle. Oh, and when I mean coming off the net, I mean, let's say you're you're jumping for a block. Okay, you're jumping for a block. You come down. Off and now you come down off the block and now you want to get ready to approach and swing. So how do you do that? What's the best efficient footwork off the net? 
Uh, shuffling, you can do shuffling. That, that's a very simple one. Most people are very common with that. You shuffle off the net. The other thing is what I call a four-step uh, reverse, okay, or a four-step approach. No, it's not a it's not a four-step approach. It's it's a it's a four-step uh, come off the net, reverse off the net. So here's what you do. So when your players come off, I'm going to use the left side as an example, okay? So the left side is coming down from a block, and now they're going to want to come off the net to approach. So the first step is you take your right foot and you open up to the court. So you're coming off the net, so you're now you're you're coming off the block, you land and you're still facing the net. So what you're going to do is you're going to have your right foot open out. So you're going to take a step to the side with your right foot, and now the center of your body is facing in the court. Then you're going to turn and take a step with your left foot. Now your left foot and your body is facing pretty much like out of bounds. You're facing the opposite side of the net. And then you're going to hop back with your last two steps. And then you're going to be in the right position to approach. So first step is you're open to the court. So you take a step with your right foot. Now you're facing the court. Your next step is you're going to take a step with your left foot. Now you're facing the end line. So your shoulders are facing the end line. You're, you're, you pretty much made a, a full 180. Then you're going to hop back on your last two steps. So you're like hop on your last two steps. And now you're facing the net, getting ready to approach. I actually have a video on Instagram on how to do this four-step approach coming off the net. So if you want to scroll through there, you can see it as well. Okay. So just to recap, we talked about defense. We talked about defense when you have legs that are shoulder width apart versus wide and what the differ the difference is and the benefit to being wider. And then we talked about how the fact that when you're serve receiving, that's when you want to be more shoulder width apart because we're more interested in creating angles. We talked about shuffling, you know, shuffling when it comes to passing. We talked about the importance of if a serve if you have time when someone serves the ball, then absolutely you want to, you know, get behind the ball. But if you don't, you just want to step and get your platform out. We talked about making sure that they can pass low, mid, and high. So let them, your athletes got to be comfortable with putting their legs on the ground and passing. We talked about the approach, you know, your three-step, four-step, linear speed, really, really important with the speed there. And um, episode five, we dive more deeper into that if you want to watch that or listen to that rather. And then coming off the net, okay, we can shuffle or we can take that four-step where I talked about first step is your right foot opening to the court second step is your left foot where now you're facing you're pretty much backwards facing the end and then you hop back on your last two steps and now you're facing the net all right and i got an instagram video you can take a look at that as well all right so that's it pretty much it with footwork i hope you're able to get some value out of today's episode as well as last week's episode where we talked about footwork for blockers as well as your setter and you combine that and that should give you a good idea a good start in terms of dialing into certain footworks that i make because footwork is really important and having your players understand how to use their footwork is really important to you know, maximizing the skill. All right, that's it for me. Listen, save the date, August 6th and August 7th. Make sure you save those dates for DVA Live, where I can't wait to see you guys on there. We're going to get two-day clinics. be great. And if you're interested in signing up for DVA, head on over to digitalvolleyballacademy.com and, get, uh, and fill out that form at the bottom there. All right, that's it for me. I will see you guys next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design podcast. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.